We All Have One, a podcast that isn't afraid to discuss the stories that we all have, even the really messy ones. From business ideas to overbearing in-laws to dreams of leaving your crappy job, come along for epic stories along tangible advice for succeeding and surviving through life's unfiltered moments. I'm your host, Corey McFadden, recovering business owner, industry pioneer, and mama blogger who has seen it all along the way. And let's just say, I am not afraid to share what I've learned from my experiences and mistakes, which means you don't have to. All you got to do is listen, grab a coffee or hell, a tequila is probably better. And let's get to this week's saga turned life lesson. Hello, welcome. Episode two, we are in it. I am so excited to share today what I've put together going to be a lot of information in a short period of time, but not to worry. It's not going anywhere. You can refer back to it and nothing's going to be a deep dive. More than anything, it's going to be to get your wheels turning, start thinking, and to be aware. So you've decided to go into business. Now what? What are the next steps? There's a lot of steps, some more important than others. What I'm going to go through today are some things that maybe you haven't thought of or you have, and quite honestly, they just scare the shit out of you. So you've been avoiding them because when it comes to accounting, payroll, the IRS, insurance, I mean, let's be real. No one's jumping up and down like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Hurry, get that in my calendar. 10 o'clock. Is it open? Like, no. You're pushing that shit down the list. And with that, and the longer that you deflect from it, the more scared you become and anxiety builds. And the truth is that knowledge is power. That's what helps you be a good leader and to feel solid with the moves that you're making in business. Because there's no worse place to be than unaware. And a lot of times that comes from just your natural instinct to ignore something that maybe you know isn't great or you just aren't knowledgeable on. And you have to tackle those things. And the best thing that you can do when you're starting out a business is to create a solid infrastructure, a foundation. And I'm not talking about the team you're building or maybe the retail space that you're fine. I'm talking about those logistics that have to be done that are so important that they are created with the right process from the onset. Because in business, obviously, the hope is that whatever your product you're offering or service is that it'll take off and you'll be so busy and you won't even have enough hours in the day to do what you need to do. And with that, it's not like you're going to go back and reset processes. You're going to make do is what's going to happen. And so what's important is that you get things right from the onset. So you're not just making do with some things that, ah, it's fine. I'll figure it out or, oh, we'll get to it. Like, no, 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 you won't. And when you do, it's because you're going to be dealing with a shit show because something wasn't right. And in turn, it turned into a much worse problem. And now you're dealing with the repercussions 
of not doing it correctly. So we're going to go through figuring out your own salary and how to find an accountant, what the importance of that is, how to get a payroll company set up, how to classify your business and what those different confusing LLC, S-Corp, corporation, what it all means, and why insurance is the most important bill that you'll pay every month. So we're going to go through them, take some notes, and uh, yeah, let's get to it. So first things first are uh, paying yourself. If you're making the choice to possibly leave a stable career or you're diving right in out of college, whatever it is, you got to figure out your salary if you're going to go into business. Because if you're committing your full-time self and you're going to pay yourself from this operation, you have to figure out what that salary needs to be. Now, this can be twofold. Now, if you're coming straight out of school and living on that shoestring budget like we referred to in episode one, you've got a good idea how you can live. You've probably got your life leaned down to as lean as it can go, and you're in a pretty good place. But if you are a little bit further along in life, let's say, and maybe even you've committed to someone and started a family, your life has grown fiscally in ways that, uh, probably you could never even imagined when you were in college, like maybe a mortgage or car payment, uh, you eat out a vacation, all those things that, you know, life's perks that you've been enjoying. We're about to shake it all down and look at everything because if you're going to start a business, it's important to know every single dollar that you are spending currently personally. Because if you're planning on living off this business and paying yourself a salary, which, you know, ultimately obviously is the goal, if not, I don't know what kind of business you're running, but um, the goal is, of course, to make money at the end of the day enough to support yourself. Even if you are running Give Back Initiative, you still have to take care of yourself, meaning a roof over your head, being able to feed yourself and any financial obligations that you have. So what you're going to do is you're going to create a document that you need to be honest. You guys have to be real with yourself because if you're not, all this is just bullshit and these exercises are stupid and like don't even waste your time. And if you cannot be honest with yourself, then don't go into business because that's ridiculous. But what you're going to do is you're going to open up a trusty Excel doc. This is going to be a very important document. And you're going to do two tabs at the bottom. One is non-negotiable expenses. And the other one is negotiable expenses. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through, when I say we, I mean you, I'm just going to give you a little guidance here. And you're going to record all of your expenses. First up are non-negotiable. And what these are, are living expenses, student loans, outstanding debts such as your credit card, your car payment, your health insurance. Side note here regarding benefits. Um, if you're currently, let's say, working for a corporation or you're lucky enough to have benefits that you're holding through your job, it's important to note that 
if you're not married or have a domestic partner that you're planning on going over to their plan, you're going to have to go into the open market. And health benefits, well, it's fucked up. They're so expensive. The coverage is minimal and it's going to become a pretty hefty expense. So if you know that is in your foreseeable future, meaning the next eight to 10 months, I highly recommend you start finding insurance agent in your area that does private um, benefits and can help you navigate the stupid world of finding a plan because it's expensive and it's something you don't want to be doing in the moment. Okay, back to that. Um, all those things that you have to pay, they're not going anywhere. Your debts and your living. You're going to record them all line item by line item in this document. What I suggest doing is doing a full 12 month recap. You should have all of your expenses for the most part recorded um, electronically, unless you're just like rolling cash over there, which most people aren't. So between your debit cards and your credit cards, you can probably pull almost all of your expenses. Um, and what you want to do is record them all that are non-negotiable in this sheet. Like I said, don't do it for just a month. You want to do a full year capture. So you're getting everything end of your taxes, property taxes, whatever it might be. You want to make sure everything is including this document and don't be like, oh, maybe that'll go away. Bullshit. It's not going to go away. Put it in the document. You're going to need it. It's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Otherwise just record it. It's okay. Then you're going to go into the next tab, which is your negotiable items. These are all the items that make life a little bit shinier, you know, eating out, vacation, shopping, whatever your hobby might be, sports, whatever you spend on that you don't have to have is going to go on this document. This is also very important. Don't leave anything off. And if you know something is in the foreseeable future, meaning the next 18 months, record it. Is your brother getting married in Puerto Vallarta? Record it. It's not going to pay for itself. It's going to have to get paid for. So put it in here and put it under future. So you'll do a 12-month recap and then put future on the same doc and put any items that you know will be coming up that you're going to need to address at some point. Then what you're going to do is go through the negotiable doc and highlight any items on there that you could live without. Maybe you went on some spontaneous weekends just because, or maybe you, you know, went to a couple games that you could have skipped and you didn't really care about. All those items that you could have lived without, highlight them. Don't highlight this whole sheet. You don't want to be sacrificing things that truly do make you happy. Now, trust me, there's going to be a lot of sacrifice. Don't worry about that. That won't be skimping anywhere. But you do need to keep things in your life that keep you balanced, focused, and provide an area to decompress because it's important. Because if suddenly you start a business, you quit everything you love, and you're eating ramen, and before you were going on nice vacations with your family twice a year, eating out, and suddenly the dynamic, everyone's suffering in, you know, quotes. I say that very lightly. I don't mean that as suffering, truly, but I mean it as everyone's feeling the impact across the board and in being jolted in ways and everything has been drained out of their lives. You don't want to do that. You want to keep a healthy balance. So keep at least 20% of what you're doing in there, but in a way that is achievable if you really want to go after this business. 
Then what you're going to do is you're going to take the numbers from both docs. You're going to have your negotiable and your non-negotiable. Create an average for each. So take the monthly, you're going to take your gross total and then divide it by 12. And you're going to do that on each doc and you're going to create a monthly average. Okay. Then you're going to add those two numbers together and that's going to give you your true monthly average of what you need to get by in the lifestyle that you have carved out for yourself. Now, mind you, that number there is after taxes. Gotta pay them taxes. So you can go ahead and add on another 20%. So take that number, multiply it by 20%, add that on, and that's gonna give you what you need to make every single month. This is how you're gonna create your salary. And this is actually a feasible number. It's not some bullshit that you're pulling out of thin air of, oh yeah, I can live on that. Do you know if you can live on that? You should always know this number, even if you're out just searching for a job, you know, not even going into business. This is a number that is important because if you don't know, you're going to find yourself in a really difficult corner. And why if you don't have to? Like I said, knowledge is power. Be in control. This is your life. These are your logistics. So it's important to know them and not just quote unquote know them. Fucking know them, you guys. Know them. So next up, we're going to roll into accounting because this is really important. And you'll hear a lot of mixed opinions here because a lot of people are like, oh, you don't need an accountant if you're just starting out. Uh, You'll be fine. You know, you can do it on your own. Just get QuickBooks. Like, yeah, while all that is true, and QuickBooks is awesome, and you're still going to use QuickBooks even with an accountant. The truth of the matter is, is that you don't want to mess with the IRS. You don't want to mess with your taxes. You want these things to be accurate and right. And if you get a really great accountant, you're going to get someone that's going to provide you solid guidance, guidance that you can't get anywhere else, maybe through an attorney, but an attorney will also suck you dry and not intentionally always but they're very expensive and an accountant should just be part of your team from the beginning. You want to find someone that you mesh really well with. I was lucky enough to find the greatest accountant. I love you, Ken, so much, Uh, but I had him for 13 years and he's still my accountant, but he was in my business with me. He was so awesome, still is so awesome, but I was lucky enough to find him early on. He was suggested to me by At the time, um, my banker that was helping me with my SBA loan had gave me the suggestion because I needed someone in order to help navigate the paperwork that needed to be submitted. So he gave me the suggestion for Ken Peterson. Love him. And he was such a wonderful guiding light from the very beginning. And what advice they can provide you with is basically two different buckets. And that's tax compliance and tax planning. And these will also cross over into strategy. But planning refers to reducing your overall tax burden, helping make sure that you're classified as the right business. You're getting the write-offs that you need. You're spending appropriately, keeping you in line. Maybe you're a women's own business and there's benefits out there. Or you're a minority-owned business and there's different things out there available. Making you aware of the landscape that you really have no idea about. This ain't H&R Block no more, honey. This ain't end of the year. Let me give you a couple documents. File this for me. Oh, just auto deposit my return. No, no, no. The game changes quickly. 
And you want to make sure that you have the right equipment. So in finding an accountant, don't just take the first person that comes your way. Personality matters so much. And you want to make sure, especially if you're like maybe joining a larger firm, that when you're interviewing with them, ask them, are you the individual that I'll be working with? Because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go out and get you your Starbucks order and, you know, shine your shoes for you and acquire your business and then hand you off. And you're like, whoa, what just happened? And that's not what you want to happen. You want to make sure you find someone you can work with. So what you want to do is you'll want to ask questions, ask them how they would handle certain situations or they would operate, you know, if there was a audit, how does that process work? Understand how they think and work to make sure that it's a fit for you. This is important because if you don't get a good relationship from the beginning, what's going to happen is you'll find yourself avoiding your phone calls or your meetings and minimalizing their efforts that really could help your business. And you don't want that. You want someone that if you have a question, you can ask them. If you read an article and something's intriguing and maybe it applies to your business, you can shoot it over to them. You want to create that type of dynamic that exists. So as your business grows, they can grow along with you and they're involved, not just doing, you know, the motions of what needs to be done, but really giving you solid found advice because this is the person that can also raise red flags for you. Maybe something internally is off. Maybe money is missing. Uh, Maybe you're missing a missed opportunity or you're just so deep in the red, you really need to consider the cold hard truth and this is the person that's going to say it to you. So it's important that you create that relationship from the beginning. So once you find someone that you feel good about, create an open dialogue. So understand what do they charge? Is it hourly? Is it per task? Do they do a monthly retainer? Know that from the beginning. How do you work? QuickBooks, I highly recommend. It's a great, great resource to work between two parties. You can input certain things that need to be input. They do the rest from there. Whatever working relationship you create, but it's very easy to use and they have different levels for different size businesses. I used it for 15 years and it served us so well. I still use it today. As well as if you're just also maybe, you know, a one man show over there or one woman show, whoever it might be, it also works well for invoicing because I know this is a downfall for a lot of um, creatives as well is you do the work and then you're like, oh, I got an invoice and you delay it. Like, No, create a punctual invoicing system where things are automated. This is a really great resource to do that as well. Once you get your accountant, you want to set up payroll. Pay a payroll company to do your payroll. It's a very, very minimal expense and it will save you so many headaches and heartaches. I can't even tell you. Um, One in three small business owners get penalized by the IRS for payroll errors. And there's no reason for it because you can simply call in your payroll or put it into the online automated system. And it's so simple and everything runs easy. Your W-2s process beautifully. It's just, it's the way to go. Don't fuck with the IRS. It's not a joke at all. Like, at all, you guys. So just make sure you get those systems automated and accurate. 
You also want to make sure that overtime is accounted for correctly. Payroll will do this. Um, Certain states you accrue PTO, even as hourly employees, your payroll company will do this. All those little caveats that exist within industries and states, they will make sure that you have set up. So you want to make sure that these systems are fluid. You don't mess with these ever. For my payroll company, I used ADP. They were wonderful. I know Intuit's out there, Gusto's out there. There's a lot of different options. You want to do something that, um, of course, is uh, price conscious, but also covers your basis and what you need done. This is something that you should have a very simple system when it comes to payroll that is always 100% accurate. So the next thing um, that a lot of people have questions about is how to classify your business. Now, if you have an accountant, they can definitely help you navigate these waters as a business attorney can as well. But I know there's a lot of questions around what's a sole proprietorship, an LLC, a corporation, an S corp, like what are the differences? What does it mean? And there's usually only a couple that are really going to apply, especially in startup mode. And they're pretty simple at the end of the day. So the most simple and the easiest and the easiest way to get in the business is a sole proprietor. And what a sole proprietor is, is someone that doesn't have any partners and they don't have a corporate identity to hide behind. So it means as a sole proprietor, it's just you. And by just you, I mean just you. So if a lawsuit comes your direction, that's on you as a liability personally. Under the sole proprietorship, profits from the business and your personal income, so let's say you still have it as a side business and you still have a day job, all of that income is treated the same by the IRS. It all goes under one umbrella just as you as an individual, but it is a way of separating yourself individually from the business. Now, there's an LLC, which is probably the second most common. And that stands for limited liability company. And a limited liability company and a sole proprietor are not the same thing. So if you hear like, oh yeah, I've got a sole proprietorship LLC, like that's bullshit. Like that's not real. A sole proprietor is just as I explained. And then an LLC is someone that can operate just as an individual. So an LLC can also just be one person, but an LLC can also operate with a business structure that has members. So you can have multiple members that exist within the LLC. Now this could be, let's maybe you say have a couple investors and you've got an operating manager and you've got yourself. These can all be members within the LLC. That is not a corporation. An LLC can also just be a single member being yourself. And an LLC, the main difference is, is that An LLC has more of an upside for financial and legal protection opposed to a sole proprietor. So let's say um, you've got a retail store. Most likely you've got an LLC. So if someone comes and they file a lawsuit because they slipped and fell in the front of your store, they're going to file a lawsuit against the LLC, which then will have insurance and will do that process opposed to it being someone falling within your home and suing you and you're just an individual, and that might not be the most accurate analogy, but it's pretty right. So you can kind of get where I'm going. So an LLC also 
has more legwork entailed with it. So with an LLC, you have to file articles of an organization. It also has filing fees associated with it. Usually they're in the range of $100 to $800 to set those up. Larger states have a larger fee, of course. You need to create an LLC operating agreement. You have to obtain a business license if that's applicable. Most likely an FEIN number, which is a nine-digit number assigned by the IRS. This is used to identify tax accounts um, for employers. So you'd set that up. If you have a retail store, most likely you'll have sign permits, zoning, uh, resale license, any licensing that pertains to the industry and vertical that you're in. There's a lot of paperwork that starts. And this is something that you can navigate yourself. There's a lot of information out online too. The IRS's website actually has a plethora of information as well. But when it comes to setting up an LLC, what I would recommend is let's say you're um, in Illinois, you would, you know, Illinois LLC setup, and you can find a pretty easy list of what you need to do. Now, throughout this process, an attorney, of course, can help you, but is not necessary in order to set these things up. An accountant can really provide you some solid guidance, and you can do it yourself. You just want to make sure you do it right and you get all your bases covered. So a lot of times you can do a lot of this legwork, get these things done, and then maybe engage an attorney and say, all right, so I filed my LLC, my articles of organization. I set up my FEIN. I'm here. I've done all this. Have I done everything that I need to do? And maybe then they can point out what you have missed, if anything, and double check your work opposed to doing things that you can actually figure out and navigate on your own. Because of course, especially in startup, you want to minimize your spending as much as possible, but make sure you're spending wisely. And some things, well, they suck, you guys. They are so expensive. And you're going to be like, what? $300 an hour? $7.75 an hour? But the truth of the matter is, is when you get it done right and correctly and efficiently, it's going to save you so much in the long run. Now, we'll get into legal in another episode, but if you do have contracts or things that need to be in place in order to get your business off the ground, such as a partnership or a contract to operate, uh, maybe you're a photographer and your contract for your clients, whoever it is, do have an attorney look that over to make sure that it is accurate. That is very important. There are also a lot of really great online legal resources where you can submit your documents online, they review them, and they give you back their advice. Attorneys can be intimidating. That process can also be really hard, but it is important. Ask for referrals and try to find someone good. Throughout this entire process, when you're finding these key people to work with, such as an accountant or an attorney, ask for referrals from people you trust. Because trust me, people are quick to fire off. If they had an attorney that was terrible, they'd be like, oh, so-and-so, just make sure you don't hire so-and-so. Like, so you can get red flags as well as you can get help and guidance is important because as business owners, we're also really, really quick to support others who do their job well. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, you need an accountant, you'd call me. I will give you my accountant all day long because I want his business to grow and flourish. I want you to have solid sound advice and it's a win-win for everyone. You can get the best advice from business owners and you don't have to know them personally. Send them an email, give them a phone call. Honestly, like you will get that advice and more probably unsolicited advice than you could have ever dreamt for. So it's important to get those key players in place. Also, 
There are other business classifications such as partnership and corporation. You can research those online, but most likely sole proprietorship and LLC, maybe S Corp depending, but those two are most likely where you're going to fall. And then the last topic I'm going to cover today is the most important, my friends, and that is insurance. And I'm not talking about health insurance because, well, that's a whole episode in itself. And I'm sure we all share mutual frustration there. And I mean, I don't know that I have much guidance there. I'm talking about your business insurance. And I'm talking about outside the scope of general liability. I'm talking about workers' compensation, business owners' policies, getting coverage for business interruption, robberies, things that The insurance company, you know, this is not like a simple call to like Geico over the phone. Like you need to find an insurance agent that you trust. Again, ask for referral. This is someone that you're going to think that they're trying to sell you a bunch of bullshit because they're going to give you this just outrageous rundown of what you need. Their job is to protect you. And these numbers are going to come back and they're fucking stupid. And you're going to be like, what? This is like what rent is. Like this is what insurance is. Let me tell you. When you don't have insurance for what could possibly happen, that's when it always happens. For me, I had the most outrageous insurance policy, like crazy. It would just like, it makes your head spin. It's nauseating what it costs every month. But let me tell you, year 14 and a half, unforeseeable happened. A hot water heater that was located above our retail space in a private condo unit exploded in the middle of the night. The genius that lived there let it run for hours. It didn't wake her up. I had thousands of gallons of water in my space and it basically took us out overnight, needing to be relocated, needing another space overnight, over a million dollars in damage. It was an absolute nightmare. And if I would not have had that insurance that paid for relocation, business interruption, all of these line items that are not covered under general liability, I would have been screwed. And your insurance agent doesn't want to show up to one of these detrimental situations and be like, nope, ain't got coverage for that. Like, no, that's not a message you want to deliver. They want to be like, yes, we have coverage for that. But that's expensive and it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's one that's just the cost of doing business. And it's so important to make sure that you have the right coverage. Trust me from experience. And I'm telling you, I paid for 14 years for this coverage And if I wouldn't have had it, I would have been in so much trouble. And every month you pay it and you think it's never going to come to fruition. But when it does, you are kissing your lucky stars that you have it. So find an insurance agent that is great, again, that your personalities mesh and that they can give you the real scope of what your business needs. Because yeah, we all think of the obvious. What if it burns down? What if someone slips and falls? Trust me, there's some crazy shit that can happen, especially nowadays when you are operating a business as well as a product. You have to make sure that you have the right liability and product insurance that if someone something happens with your product, someone is injured or hurt, heaven forbid a death occurs, you have to make sure that you are prepared for all these situations because the truth of the matter is, is that you can do everything right. You can hire the right staff, create the right infrastructure. Everything is shiny and beautiful and you're, you're pumping and forward momentum and killing it. 
and then something happens, the unforeseeable, something that makes the front page of the news because it's never happened before. But of course, it happens to you. And if you don't have that right insurance, it's done like that overnight, killed, buried. Don't let that happen. You have to make sure you're prepared. All right. I know these things aren't fun to talk about. I get it. But hopefully, just this little bit helped you, made you feel a little more comfortable to dive in. And I'm also happy to go deeper into these topics if you want in future episodes. This is just dipping our toe, getting you thinking, making you remember. That's more important too. So if you want to get a hold of me, if you have any questions, whatever it might be, feel free to reach me. You can email me at hello at weallhaveonepodcast.com. Also, be sure to visit my blog, glitterandbubbles.com. It's going to become a very valuable resource during this series. What I'm doing is creating a blog post that corresponds with each episode. So basically, it's like a Cliff Notes version of what we just discussed, along with other articles and resources that I find valuable on the topic. I know as we dive into these things, it's a lot, and you might even be more confused than when you first listened, but that's the point. You should be thinking outside the box. You want to make sure you cover all of your landscape. So use that as a resource. You can also find me on social media at CoreyMcFadden.com. Thank you to Dante32 for producing this episode and making me sound fabulous. And until next time. I know you hate to see me coming, but love to see me leave. I know why you never walk in front of me. You trying to check me out, check me out, check me out.